We hope you enjoy this message recorded at Equipus Church in Eden. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. So good to be here in the other end of the world. I don't know how many, anybody, anybody know where Denmark is? I know there's a Dane over there, he knows. It's actually, yeah, you may be seated. It's actually right across the other side of the world and we are just loving our time here in New Zealand. We've been here for almost five weeks and Wednesday we are leaving to go home, but we're stopping off in Bangkok to go down to a small island to dip our toes in the hot sea and receive some nice sun before we go back to Denmark. So it's been a wonderful time here. We've seen everything, sheeps in millions. And uh, actually yesterday we went right to the end of the peninsula and we saw three seals. Yeah, and we saw an albatross by faith. You know, we, we walk not by, we, we live not by what we see, but by faith, right? So by faith, I saw a big albatross up there. I think actually Pastor Will, he was like, he was trying to make a seagull, you know, look like, a, look like an albatross. But anyways, so good to be here. We're really enjoying the hospitality of Pastor Desiree and Pastor Will and their wonderful kids. They, they, they are alive, you know, their kids? Very much alive. We, we love kids that are alive. And uh, we've just been enjoying so much your hospitality and your friendship. And, and I don't know if you really think about often. I don't know as a church, of, you realize how much you are really a part of something big. You know, that whole movement equips is really not just changing things in New Zealand, but actually across the world. And in Europe, uh, you're making such a big impact by sending some of the great people you have here to actually believe that what you're seeing here can actually happen, happen in, in, um, in Europe. You know, Europe is the old ancient Christianity, home of Christianity. You know, that's, that's really, we had, our, we had our years many years ago, but now it's a very secular environment. And we just, we just want to believe that what God is doing here, he can do also in Denmark and in Copenhagen and actually all across Europe. So thank you for investing. Thank you for sending your people. Thank you for praying and believing that God is a big God that is even bigger than just your lives and your cities and your nation, but actually that he has a heart for the nations and for the whole world. So we're just very humble to be part of this and to in, in, in enjoy and the fellowship and the relationship and the ministry that flows from this family of equippers and acts. New Zealand. So thank you for being awesome. You can, you can look at your neighbor and say you're awesome. And you can look to your other neighbor and say you're even awesomer. I don't know if that's a word. Can you be awesomer? You can be that. Yeah, you can be that. Okay. Yeah, okay. See. So I hope you're expecting something this morning. I know you get a lot of international guests probably, and this is just the Dane popping by, but I actually believe this morning that we're together for a reason. God has set aside something for this morning, and if we open our hearts and really believe that the Word of God can change our situation, our lives, our perspectives, um, I think we're in for an awesome morning, right? We've already praised Him and worshipped Him and opened our hearts for Him. So let, let's just dig into the Word, and, and I'll read a a passage from the Bible that you probably, some of you would know it very, very well. And, and, and I I'm just want to, I'm, I'm going to talk under the headline, I've called it From Here to There. 
Anybody feels like you're on the journey from here to there? You know, sometimes life can actually feel like one big journey of going from here to there. And once you get there, you realize there is only here. Right? And all these, all these things you are, oh, once I get there, that's going to be, you know, once, once I get f- to finish my education, you know, that's going to be the time. And once I finish your education, you think, well, once I get married, you know. And then you get married and you think, oh, once, once we have some children, and when you have some tr- children, you say, maybe when the children grow up a little bit. And then, then you, when they grow up a little bit, you think, oh, it's going to be awesome when they leave, you know. No, no, not our kids, of course. They can hang out as long as they want. Or, or, or maybe this, you know, if I could get that other job, or if we could buy that house. Or, you know, life can be this long journey from here to there, sort of trying to achieve the next corner or the next goal. Or, and, and once you arrive, it's like it doesn't really deliver. Do, do, do you recognize that? It didn't really deliver that feeling of completion and satisfaction and peace that you are actually searching for. And this story is about a man that is actually on his way from here to there. It could be from Dunedin to Christchurch. We're driving that road tomorrow. Uh, But this guy is is on his way from Jericho to Jerusalem. Uh, Or or, or actually the other way around. Uh, And Jesus is telling a story. You know, he's discussing with someone who is actually my neighbor. And he tells this story. Let me just read it to you. And Jesus answers by telling a story. There was once a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. On the way, he was attacked by robbers. They took his clothes, beat him up, and went off, leaving him half dead. Luckily, a priest was on his way down the same road. But when he saw him, he angled across to the other side. And then a Levite religious man showed up, and he also avoided the injured man. A Samaritan traveling the road came on him, and when he saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him, and he gave him first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds. And then he lifted him onto his donkey, led him to an inn, and made him comfortable. In the morning, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take good care of him. If it costs any more, put it on my bill. I love that phrase. Put it on my bill. Put it on Desiree and Will's bill. They've been been taking care of everything this weekend. It's been awesome. Even the toilet paper they paid for. Uh, Maybe that's a detail you didn't want to really. Okay. Well, put it on my bill and I'll pay you on my way back. What do you think? Which of these three became a neighbor to the man attacked the the robbers? Uh, the one who treated him kindly, the religion scholar, responded. And Jesus said, go and do the same. Amen. So, so on this journey from here to there, which I think is actually a pretty good description of what life could end up being like. You know, like you never really arrive. You never really at that place where, where everything is just... Uh, you know, you wake up in the morning, you're going, I'm okay, you're okay, God's okay, what should we eat? You know, it, there's always these things in our lives, often we find ourselves in these situations where we sort of longing, or, or there's, there's lackings in our lives, or there's things that, that are not really fulfilled, and dreams that we've not really achieved, and it's, it, it can 
easily come out that way that we are always on the way. Um, and, and this man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, on his way, he was all of a sudden attacked by robbers. And, and, and like we just read, that they took everything from him, beat him half to death, and left him in the side of the road. And, and I don't know if you've ever experienced that in your life, that on your way from here to there, sort of all of a sudden, life just hits you. You know what I mean? Are you, are you, are you, are you, are you alive? Are you living life? Anybody been hit by life? You know, you, you're sort of, you're really going for this and you have this plan and this dream and this, 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 this idea of how you'll actually come from here to there and all of a sudden life just hits you. It, it, maybe we, maybe we'll, we lose our job or maybe we lose something, a relationship, a breakdown in relationship or family or maybe we, were, we got diagnosed with some disease or Maybe we find ourselves in an economic chaos, or maybe we're just overwhelmed by life, you know. Just confused. Have you ever been confused about life, you know? Hey, try and have four kids. That'll confuse you. You're standing there, all of a sudden you've got four small kids, and you have no idea where to, how to handle all this. Or lots of things can sort of overcome us and overwhelm us uh, in, in our lives, and all of a sudden we are... We are hit by life. And I remember uh, speaking about our journey uh, 10 years ago. We were moving from Copenhagen, which is the capital of Denmark, to Kolding, which is a smaller town, but it's, it's, it, 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 um, it had a much bigger church. And I was called to be a, a pastor there. And uh, that was close by our family. You know, we lived in Copenhagen with, without our uh, near family. That, they were all in... Um, nearby the other place where we were moving. So we were kind of thinking, we can, we're actually coming to a place now. We bought a big, big house, you know. The biggest house we could find almost because Jeanette, she had a business. She was selling kids' clothes back in 2008. So we had half our house full of kids' clothes. And we arrived in that big house with that big church for a new season with family nearby. And we were like, this is, this is it. This is perfect. We have arrived. We finally arrived at this place in our life where all the circumstances are just awesome. Have you ever been there? Everything is just awesome. And for the first six months, it felt like just holiday, you know. We just loved every bit of it. And all of a sudden, it was in 2008, some of you would know that we were, all of us probably, the economic crisis sort of went through, throughout the world and it actually certainly also hit us in Denmark and all of a sudden this all this clothes that we had stashed up in our house it was almost nothing worth we couldn't sell it and uh, our house that we bought was almost nothing worth we couldn't sell it and uh, Jeanette ran into a depression and all of a sudden joy sort of left the home have you ever been in a situation like you just God, is this, is, this being, is this being at home with you? Is, you are my fortress. Have you ever sung that Sunday and then Monday morning you wake up going, where is that fortress? <laughs> I believe that Sunday morning and this Monday morning I'm like, what, what is it, God? What, what, what's happening? And we just found ourselves in the, one of the most distressful seasons of our lives. And we were like, we were pursuing, you know, 
the there. We were pursuing, you know, to be in your plan, God, and all of a sudden life just hits us. And I remember, you know, when you're in a circumstances like that, you sort of, you sort of, you sort of begin to long back, you know, to the last time in your life where things were right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, someone is nodding. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know if any of you uses Windows on your computers. Do you do that? Windows? Yeah, someone wants to confess Windows. Yeah, there's a few sinners in the house. We can pray for you later. But I, actually, you know, Windows has this amazing thing. It needs to have it because it crashes all the time, you know. And, and it actually, you can go back to what's called a point of restoration or the point of restore and you can actually find the last time where the computer was functioning well and you can just choose take me back to last month where the computer was you know functioning and I, I, sometimes I wish I had that button in my life you know take me back God take me back to the last time where things were well because now it's chaos And um, we were starting to, build, to really longing back, to go back to Copenhagen, to, to go back to our friends, to go back. It may be a smaller church, but it was at least a good church. And not to say anything about the church we arrived at. And we just started to long for something um, to go back to. And this man, in our story, he's on his way from Jerusalem to Jericho. And that's okay. Lovely kids. New Zealand is full of small babies, I, I believe. They're everywhere. Lovely. Okay. And sheeps. So, so, so this man is on his way. And, and, and luckily, the story tells us that a priest and a Levite actually comes on the road where he is lying. But, but as, we, as we read, they, they angled across the street and avoided him and and they represent the priest and the and the levite in this story they represent the law you know they represent this idea that we can actually manage our lives ourselves they actually represent this idea that if if we just you know pull ourselves in the neck is that a term down here no that's a term in denmark we would say if we just pull ourselves in the neck you know if we just get it together and work harder, and try more, and be more perseverant, and be, you know, we will manage this, and we can actually rescue ourselves from the situation we are in. Uh, you know, the Levite and the priest actually, actually, they, 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 they symbolize this idea that we can actually find that place of peace and satisfaction that we actually long for by ourselves. You know, and religion Religion is occupied with saving yourself, rescuing your own life. And religious people, I know you're not religious people. Religious people are occupied with their own life. And they don't have any um, surplus, any time, any energy, any passion in their life to actually seek other people's pain. Because they are so occupied with striving and doing it and proving themselves. And, and you know, the story actually tells us that that's not possible. It's not possible just by obeying the law or 
putting yourself together or whatever you want to try. It's not really possible. There's never going to be a there where everything just sorts out and everything is at peace. You cannot, you cannot make that on your own. Religion will try to tell you that you can, but actually you can. And here comes the Samaritan. And actually the Samaritan, he had every right to walk by this man. You know, Samaritans, we, this man is probably a Jew. We would know that because Jesus is, is speaking to a Jewish um, audience. And Jews, they were not very fond of Samaritans. They were actually looking down on Samaritans. They were actually, they were seeing Samaritans as sort of half-breeds and, 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 and people that, that, that sort of were unclean. And here comes this Samaritan. He had every right to get past this Jewish man. And actually, he's the one stepping down of the donkey. Not avoiding the pain, but actually going towards and walking towards the pain. And, and the Bible tells us that he, he gives him first aid, he bandages, and he disinfects his wound, and he picks him up, and he puts him on his donkey. You see, the Samaritan came riding on his donkey. And now he's on the road where the man was, and the man is on the donkey. Does this sound like a story we've heard before? I know this guy called Jesus. You know, the Bible tells us in, in Philippians 2, it says, God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantages. You see, God is not religious. He is not concerned with his own. He's not occupied with his own privileges. He actually gave them up, the Bible says, and he came down. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. You see, Jesus, he gave up his privileged life. You see, Jesus, he gave up his privileged life to come down on the road of your life, to seek you out, not to avoid you. You know, he had every right to walk, to walk past each one of us. No, that's actually, that's the whole problem with sin is that we actually want to do it on ourselves. We want to prove that we can do life without God. That's actually the problem of sin. And Jesus had every right to walk past us because we sort of, we, 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 we stepped away from him. But he, he came to seek us out, amen. And he stepped down like this Samaritan stepped down from his donkey. Jesus stepped down from heaven. And, and he took our place, amen. He actually, he, he comes by your life today, wherever your circumstances are. He, he, he's just there to, to, to give you first aid, to, to, to disinfect whatever's in your life and to bandage and actually to lift you up and put you on the donkey. How many would like to re ride a donkey? It's probably not that, you know, convenient and comfortable. But I like the idea that God actually takes our place and he, he puts, he takes, he lifts us up from our miserable circumstances and he places us on a donkey. And all of a sudden now here's the Samaritan with the man. No, now, now the man is not, no longer striving to come from here to there. He's being carried. He's being led. 
You know, he, he, all of a sudden, that, that's actually what Jesus would love to do in your life is instead of you thriving and trying harder and, and doing your very best, he just wants you to come on his donkey, you know, and let him lead you through life. Let him carry you through life and let him show you the place of his heart and And, and he just wants to meet the desires of our hearts also this morning. Amen? That's really the gospel. It is. The gospel is you don't have to struggle to get there. He's already met you on your road and he lifts you up. And that place you're seeking for is not somewhere down the road. That place of satisfaction and completion and shalom and everything is perfect. It's not somewhere down the road. It's actually right here where you are. You know, being in his hands or being on his donkey. Maybe you prefer being in his hands. Sounds a little better than being on his donkey. But you get the picture right. Instead of, instead of being on the road all the time, striving to get from here to there, there's just a wonderful place we can be in at any time. It's in his hands. You know, he wants to take your place. He wants to lift you up. And he, he's going to do the walk. And you can sit and relax and enjoy. There's actually a place of fulfillment and enjoyment in every second of our life. You know, some of us, we sort of, we, we, we know what I'm talking about. And we've, we've, we've experienced that Jesus came and, you, and, he, and he, he came to us and he, he took care of us and he rescued us and he, he, he disinfected our wounds and he bandaged our, our, our wounds. And then when we are healed, we, we go back to striving. Have you, ever, have you ever found yourself lifting your hands in church? Oh, the grace of God, you're so beautiful. You carry me through life. And then you go out that door and you just start thriving. But actually, there's a, there's, a, there's a possibility. That's the good news. That the there can actually be right now. You know, we're not called to living thriving and living in unfulfillment and living in... We're called to live fully now. And we need, we need to, 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 to have a revelation of Jesus right in the midst of our circumstances. Amen. I'm so glad that he searched me out 19 years ago. I'm looking at the clock. Is it going up or down? It's going down. I, you know, I remember actually it was on this island, the South Island, 19 years ago. Jeanette and I, we were traveling before we had kids. We were traveling the world, and we came to New Zealand for a month, and we did everything. We did everything. And I remember driving from here to there. We were driving the whole country in a little uh, Master 323, and we slept in it every night, you know, just put down the seats, and we were, we were young. We could do everything. And we were on our way from, I think, Nelson, uh, how do you go, Westport, and down to the Pancake Rocks, somewhere on that road. I remember being in the car, Jeanette was sleeping, we've been driving all day, and I was struggling, because before we left Denmark, I was part of a church plant in Copenhagen, and before we left Denmark, the pastor of that church who were about to leave, he sort of challenged me and said, Jacob, you, I think you are the next pastor of this church. You know, and, and when I heard that call, I really felt like it interrupted my whole life. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? 
know, sometimes I think, you know, God has this annoying way of interfering. You know, I, I made plans. I knew exactly how to come from here to there. You know, I was, I, I was, I was, I was educated as a tax accountant. I'll do all your taxes afterwards. You know, I'm both a, a tax collector and a sinner. I really need, I really need the grace of God. So, I, and I've decided, you know, my my there was gonna be. I was gonna, I was gonna finish my education, and and then I've, I was almost coming to an end of it. And, and a big company in Denmark already sort of uh, approached me, and they wanted to sign me on as a consultant of taxes to their company. And I was like, that's got a big salary, and I'm buying a big house for my wife. And, you know, I've sorted out my life. I knew exactly where I was going. And all of a sudden, God interferes. And I was on this road, driving past the pancakes rock, and I was like, I was struggling. Because I knew, I knew, if I said yes to that call, I would have no chance of controlling my life anymore. You know, I had a plan. And I knew, it was like God, he was challenging me, in, challenging me in that car. And he was like, so Jacob, what, what kind of God do you want me to be? Do you want me to be like the spare tire in the back? So, so you can pull me out once in a while when things are tough and you don't really, you know, you need help, you need a new, so you can pull me out and, and sort of use me and then put me back again? Or, or do, you want me to, do you want me to sit in the passenger seat? Or is that where your wife is sitting, you know, telling you how to drive? Or <laughs> Do Kiwi women tell Kiwi men how to drive? The women say no, and the men say yes. Exactly. We've been married 22 years, two days ago. And we still have... Yeah, thank you. And we, and we still have that discussion in our car. Anyways, and I felt God was telling me, saying, so do you really, are you ready to surrender the wheel, you know? Do you want to take control of your life, or can I take control of your life? And actually, that's faith. That's actually what faith in Jesus Christ means. It's actually to surrender. You know, going on his donkey, he's now leading. He's now in charge. You know, and some of us, we want this, some of the stuff that Jesus can provide. You know, we want some of the blessings. We want some of the miracles. We want some of the, these moments. But what he actually is seeking is not just moments. I, I, I love moments with Jesus. I, I love encounters with Jesus. But what he's actually seeking is your life is to pick you up once and for all from that road and put you on his donkey and, and you seat him in the right side of the car. It's actually over here in New Zealand. You drive in the wrong side of the road. I've already killed my family several times going into a roundabout looking in the wrong direction. You guys are crazy. You should be, you know, anyways. Where was I? That's what faith in Jesus Christ is about. It's about surrendering your life and actually believing that that place of peace 
and rest and completion and satisfaction, that he can provide that. You don't have to thrive. You don't have to make it on your own. If God is God and he is God, he's much bigger, much better at leading your life than you are. But it is difficult. But I challenge you this morning, whatever your circumstances are, don't wait until the right circumstances arrive. Let God be God right now and let him lead you. Sometimes, I would say, Jeanette and I, we, we, we really, sometimes people would think, oh, you got it all together. You know, they look at our Facebook, you know, we post all the great things on Facebook. We never posted an argument of who's driving the car. No, we don't post that. We just post you. The good. Smile. Oh, take, take another. I'm not smiling right, you know. It's only us. No, no. So, so, you know, some people would think we've got it all together. Let me just, let me just tell you bluntly, we don't have it all together. Not at all. But he has. He's got it all together. And for 22 years now, he's been leading us. Sometimes what I would think is the darkest valley. He's, but he's been leading us through it. And like it says in Psalm 23, we might feel like we go through the darkest valley, but we will fear no evil. For he's with us, he's our rod and our staff, and he comforts us. You know, now we're going back like this reset. We're actually moving back to Copenhagen. But this time, we're not moving there to try to get there. Because we think life's better at Copenhagen. We're not moving there because it's a point of restoration, going back to where things were better before. We're actually just going there because he's leading us. You know, we're on his donkey and he's sort of, it's Copenhagen now. Can we, okay, oh, well, okay. Because we know we've, we've experienced through so many battles in our life that the best place to be is in his will, on his donkey, in his plan. And just trust him instead of trying harder. Amen? Are you here this morning? I'm going to say a few things about the little inn. I've got a few minutes left. Actually, something to you as a church, I believe. I just want to give you this morning, but if you don't remember that, just remember this. Just go home with this idea that God actually wants you to trust Him with your life. Don't have a God that just bandits you and disinfects you once in a while. You know, have a God that is God all the time. And let him be in charge of your life. Okay, so this little inn, the Samaritan takes him to this inn. And we get a, a funny little insight in a conversation between the innkeeper and the Samaritan. I'm, I'm not sure what it actually does for the story. But I, I think actually it sort of gives us a little tiny picture of something that, that could be a picture of the church. You know, at this time, actually inn, little inns, was sort of a new concept. 
This, this is just emerging uh, at the time of Jesus. And actually it was because there were actually roads, you know, going from Jerusalem to Jericho. And people were actually walking these roads. And they were actually being attacked and robbed. So they set up these, they started to set up these inns sort of close by the road so that people could find shelter and find comfort and find light uh, while they were traveling. And maybe, maybe that's just a very good picture of what the church should be like. What if we were set up as a church by the road of life? You know, what if we were set up to be right where people are? Let me give you three things. Give me the first one that we learned from this little. You know, church is supposed to be right where people do life. Amen? Amen? You know, sometimes, I know it's not the case in New Zealand, but I can talk you, to you about Denmark. Sometimes the church has been far out in the woods and have not been occupied with stuff that really matters Monday morning. Do you know what I say? You know, so if church Sunday has, if what we are preaching about and singing about and dancing about and having fellowship about Sunday, if, that, if, that's, you, if that's not usable Monday morning, we are wasting our time. And sometimes throughout the history of church, it's been occupied with all kinds of weird things that has nothing to do with Monday morning. And I believe church is supposed to be right where people do their lives. I, mean, I like the fact that you're right here down in the center. I would love for you to be right at the end of the peninsula because there's a great view out there. Have you been in Will and Desiree's house? Anybody been there? Oh, I could die. I mean, I could live there. I could spend my life there. It's so beautiful. Uh, sometimes, but church is not supposed to be in a nice place where everything is fine and everything is beautiful and the view is nice. It's supposed to be right where people are. And it might be a messy place. But we, we need to be right where people are, not far away from people. We need to be occupied with people's lives. You know, in the city of Colling, where we lived now for 10 years, eight years ago, we went knocking on the door of the you say the mayor of the city? Would you have a mayor of the city? Yeah. We had a new mayor, and he was a very open, open man. And, uh, and we just knocked on his door one day uh, as a church, and we invited ourselves for coffee, uh, which is a very Danish thing also, even although you have much better coffee here in New Zealand than we have in Denmark. We just do filter coffee. You know filter coffee? Don't try it. Don't try it. Just stick with the good coffee. So we knocked on the mayor's door, and we just asked him, I was curious, and I asked him, what is the council of this city occupied with? Oh, 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 oh. What is the pain of this city? Because I was curious, we are in the church Sunday. You know, we, are, we, we are reading stories like that, you know, of the, of, the, of, the, of the Good Samaritan, and we're talking about loving one another, loving your neighbor, and I was like, is, is, are we occupied with the same things that actually is the pain of the city. And, and, and he, he put out some issues of the city. And we were just, is there any way we can help? And we started on a journey with the council. And, 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 and now, just to skip eight years in, we are helping almost 100 families, you know, that are really struggling 
we get them in for food, we play with their kids, we help them with all the things that sort of stretches them in life. And we see many of these people getting healed, getting saved, getting baptized. And all of a sudden, there's sort of a, there's a, we, we sort of synchronized a little bit with what's actually happening just around us and what was happening in church. And, and when, when, when we were leaving, we had our last service in Colling. We actually packed our whole life down, our house. Everything is packed. And then we packed some suitcases, and then we came out here. And when we come down, we will live in another place. So actually, our home is here. We don't have another home. This is our home. Like I say, we will occupy Will and Desiree's house for a long time. And, 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 just so you know. Uh, you can just go on with your life. We'll just be around. <laughs> so actually, I, I, I was posting on Facebook. So this is my last Sunday. And, you know, if you want to come, say hi. And the mayor actually posted on Facebook that he was, he was sad about the fact. He posted that publicly. And, and not about the fact that we were leaving. Not because I'm such a great person. Because I had, to, I had the privilege of sort of... Uh, being with a church that wanted to be where people were. And what I, what I heard in his post was an, an acknowledgement of a church that were occupied with real people's lives. And I just want to, I know I asked yesterday, Desiree and Will, what, what, what's, what's, what's happening in this church? And I just love the stories of things you are doing to connect and to be nearby and to be close I just want to encourage you, church is not supposed to avoid the pain. Church is supposed to walk towards the pain in the city. And, and, and we can't solve all the pain in the city. But there's something God has put on this church, maybe on your life, maybe where you live, maybe on your campus, maybe at your work. Don't be the colleague that walks around the pain of that company or the pain of that colleague. Let us be people that, that are not occupied with our own salvation and our own thing and our own striving, but let us be occupied with how we can serve and help and bring healing to the pain around us. Amen. Amen. Number two. What we learn from this story is that we have permission to take care of all kinds of people. I'm coming to an end of my message, keyboard player. <laughs> I love the fact that we have permission to... Uh, the, the innkeeper, he's just told by this Samaritan, take care of him. Take good care of him. And... Um, the innkeeper does not begin asking, oh, just a minute... Oh, oh, just a minute. This guy, what, what nationality did you say he was? Uh, tell me, who, who, who are his friends? Uh, uh, before, before, before I accept this task of caring, could you tell me what, what sexuality does he have? Or could, could you tell me, does he know the rules of how we behave in this inn? Uh, uh, just, 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 don't. Before I accept this task, could you please, could you please? No. He was just asked to take care. You know, I love the fact that Jesus took care of all kinds of people. Also the people that had a way of doing life that were very different. Amen? 
He was actually, I sometimes believe that's why they killed him. They didn't understand why would he spend time with tax collectors and sinners? Why would he even look at that woman that got caught in adultery? You know, sometimes as a church, I know it's not, it's not, it's not, I'm not putting it over you because I, I believe you, you actually, you get this. I'm just going to reaffirm it. But we, we should be careful as church that we don't sort of split people up. That there's certain people that we can't care for because we can't really, we can't deal with their way of life. That, that it, it's, it, it's the religious thing in us sometimes that comes up and sort of wants us to go past that particular person because I can't, I can't really agree with his way of life. I believe when Jesus went to, you know, the story of Zacchaeus, is it Zacchaeus? He was a, a tax account. He was a tax collector. You know, he, he, was, he was robbing the people. And you know, Jesus says, I want to have dinner with you. He didn't say, Zacchaeus, stop cheating, you know, stop stealing. If you behave, I'll have dinner with you. No, he went into his house. You know what that means? That means acceptance. That means we ex he accepted Zacchaeus. And in that very dinner, lunch, what it was, he stood up and he told everybody, from now on, I'm not going to cheat anymore. You know, acceptance comes before we change our behavior. I want to encourage you to love this city. Love every person. Every person God will send your way, your neighbor, your colleague, your friend, the people that are just outside here. Don't ask questions. Love them. Take care of them. Let them feel that the love of God is capable of lifting up and forgiving whoever. Who is able to actually just restore whoever and who is actually capable of healing whoever. We don't ask who, we just say whoever. Whoever. If you're here in church, you think, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure I belong. Let me just say you belong. This is the house of God. This is a God that accepts who you are and He wants to love you and He wants to transform you not by dictating principles but by loving you, holding you, showing you from the inside out what a great God He is. And the last thing, time is running. Last thing. And then He says, take good care of Him. And if it costs any more, put it on my bill. Can I just end with this? You have the permission to spend. Is it okay I say that? And, and the sound guy goes, yeah, we need more equipment. <laughs> but you actually have the permission to spend whatever it costs to take care of people in this city. That's the mentality of a generous God, and it should be the mentality of His church. Amen? And we felt, we felt, felt the generous and hospital uh, the generous spirit that's in this church. There is a generosity here that is amazing. 
I want to encourage you to get on board with that. There's so much more for this church. Right? I mean, I know you have global prayer and you pray for Denmark and with, that's awesome. And you just send more money to Denmark, that's awesome. But there's actually people out here, there's so much more. And I believe the church can be a place of overflowing. There's so many resources in this room right now. And we actually get the permission to spend. And that's why we talk about tithing and giving. It's actually because when we tithe and when we give, we attach ourselves to the very heart of God, which is generous and giving and reaching out for people in our neighborhood. Come on. Let there be a, 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 a generosity and an overflowing in this house. So that whatever comes and whoever comes, you can, you can take up the responsibility of caring. You know that there, I, know, I know right now some of you, you've had dreams about you know, doing a particular thing. Maybe from this church, there's, there's a particular people group or a particular area that's on your heart and you're like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if you know, it's going to take some money. It's going to take some resources. Can I just encourage you? Share it with the leadership and step out. I, I believe there's going to be resources for this church to, to, to reach out to this community above and beyond what you ever imagined. I, I believe this church is going to be packed out with people that realize that this is a place where we care. This is a place where we give and sow and believe that we can put it on his bill. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love the fact that when I'm giving, I'm putting it on his bill. Let me tell you the last story. It's, it's, it's going to minus now. Let me tell you the last story. When we, when we all of a sudden realized, okay, this is it. We're actually moving to Copenhagen. And we, and we had this opportunity to go on this sabbatical for, for six weeks. And we, actually, we had no money. <laughs> for this sabbatical we had we, we, we had to put all our money also into the whole you know moving and shifting and and all of a sudden we realized that people we had people knocking on our door giving us calls sending us emails say hey can we support you and when we left Denmark our pockets were full we are trying as hard as we can to spend it all I'm just saying, God will never leave you in a spot where there's not enough. Don't ever think, uh, I'll be generous the day when He blesses me and I've got a lot and I'll take some of it. I'll just, I'm just going to encourage you to be generous and put it on His bill. He will pay it. When time comes, He will pay it. Amen. Can we stand up together and just close with a prayer this morning and I'll hand it over to Desiree, Pastor Desiree, in a, in a minute. Thank you for listening to this message recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.